Have you ever experienced a time in your life that made you feel so ashamed that you found yourself actively avoiding people or situations to hide it? I understand because I lived that way for many years. For decades, I bore the heavy burden of abandonment, defining my self-worth around the narrative of a wounded child. Over time, I reframed my story from one of shame to one of tenacity and courage. At Storyteller, we believe that every woman's story is a journey of resilience, a wellspring of insightful wisdom, and an endless source of inspiration. Each episode features remarkable women from all walks of life, each with their own unique and powerful narrative. We'll explore their triumphs, their challenges, and the invaluable lessons they've learned along the way. Whether you're looking for a dose of motivation, a heartfelt connection, or simply a moment of reflection, Storyteller is here to be your companion on this extraordinary journey. So grab your favorite beverage, cozy up on our virtual couch, and let's embark with a deep connecting conversation with your new best friend. I'm your host, Deborah Keevan, and this is the Storyteller Podcast. Today's storyteller guest is Kat Orsini, a marketing strategist who created firework experiences to support service providers in shortening their sales cycles by attracting ideal clients into one place that sparks conversations that leads to more sales. You can choose from over 21 of her firework experiences to create your leveraged, unique, and repeatable process to keep your pipelines full and hit your revenue targets predictably without requiring all of your time. Kat was part of our podcast launch, and you can hear our initial conversation on episode one. So go back and be sure to give it a listen. Welcome back, Kat. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy when we get a chance to talk because you always uh, bring such a unique uh, perspective to things and to stories. So let me ask, let's get, get our conversation started with one story that you've told yourself that's kept you stuck and how did you reframe it? Oh yeah. So I've been journaling on this recently. Um, and it's actually a money story. So, um, what I observed growing up were my mom working really hard. Um, and she was the primary, uh, breadwinner, if you will, and um, so I had two very different experiences. And, and this was in the 80s, right? And so it wasn't standard for the dad to stay at home and the mom to be the primary breadwinner. So I had, that was a positive money experience in terms of seeing that. But I saw my mom working hard. And, you know, ne I never felt for lack, but I knew we didn't have everything that we wanted. And so there was that of working hard, but still not getting everything that you wanted. And so things weren't always easy even though I had, a, you know, a good childhood um, for all accounts, right? Like, you know, yeah, I can compare myself, but someone always has it better and someone else has it worse. So whatever. Um, but I never lacked. I was never hungry. I never had to worry about food, shelter, water, any of that things. Um, and I knew that I was loved by who? Not always sure, but I knew that there was there. Um, but the money story that I had to rewrite for myself was working hard equals money. And so if I wanted more money, then I had to work that much harder. And so it really lended me to easily fall into the hustle culture aspect, especially in the niche that I work in, which is very dominated by bro marketers. 
who perpetuate the hustle culture kind of modality. And so that was a relationship I had to break from. And I still struggle with the generating the revenue that I do without having to work all the time and feeling guilty and feeling like I should be doing more and allowing for it to also happen without actually not activating self-sabotage. So it's mm -hmm. it's a conscious effort that I have to make in order to allow because I'm a very much an action taker. And so receiving, especially given my history, isn't always an easy thing for me to do. I There's so many nuggets in, in what you just said. I think a lot of us struggle with money and, you know, we're all just a couple of generations away from the depression and the depression mm. era thinking where, yes. you know, and I think some of that is generational trauma that we, we carry forward. So the fact that you've said, I didn't lack for what I needed, but I knew that it didn't have to be so hard. That's such a concept that most of us don't understand. So I know it's an active choice for you. How do you, what are the signs that you notice when you're falling back into that bro marketing, that hustle culture that you're like, wait a minute, Kat, step the away. The first sign is how I'm talking to myself. Um, it's the inner voice, right? It's, um, I start getting more aggressive. I start, um, I remember there was one time I accidentally left the light on downstairs and I literally stood at the top of the stairs and I was like, you moron. And I literally heard myself say this to myself. And I, and I literally out loud, I said, whoa, <laughs> and was like, you don't even talk to yourself that way. Um, because I never talked to anybody else that way. Not right. even when I'm super frustrated and angry, well, maybe when I'm super frustrated and angry, but it would take a lot for me to get to that place. Um, and so for me to so easily slip into that, to treat myself that way, um, you know, kindness, they always say starts at home. I always like to say it starts with yourself, right? Because we are the light and what we emulate from ourselves is what goes out into the world. And so the more we take care of ourselves and nurture ourselves and love ourselves, the more we can allow for us to do that with other people. And so I really look to listen, how am I treating myself? Um, when I'm taking downtime, where is my energy going? Is it going into, again, beating myself up, feeling guilty? Or am I actually able to be present? Um, I also look for indicators like doing activities that I enjoy, whether it's puzzling or being creative or painting or things like that. If I'm in a negative energetic state overall, then I know that those are my what I call orange flags, which are just red flags that have been hanging out in the sun too long, um, <laughs> <laughs> that I need to tune back in, reground and relook at my values and my prioritization and to see if there's dissonance, then I can take action. And if there isn't, then I need to realign my energy towards what it is, the kind of life I'm actually wanting to live, which is my version of a rich life. I absolutely love this. And you touched on something that I think many of us haven't taken time to identify, and that's our values. Mm. I know that I went through an exercise probably 10 or 15 years ago, and it was the first time that I understood what my values were. So Tell me a little bit about how you identified your values and then you tap back into them because we can feel misaligned Oh yeah, so easily. So I definitely think there's values that are passed down from generation to generation. <laughs> and there's other ones that we observe growing up and we either revalidate or invalidate um, just based off of what we see our parents do and things like that. And so I think we always have a, you know, a certain number of values 
but they get reorganized and reprioritized based off of where we are in life. So when I was 16, hanging out with my mom, not a priority, a value, just not a priority. Now at my age, not going to disclose, um, <laughs> I it's still a value, but it's higher priority. So hanging out and, you know, hanging out at the metro station, which is hanging out with my friends. When I was 15, that was the highlight. That was my go-to. Hanging out with friends is now below hanging out with my mom, right? And so it's just looking at, I don't think our values really change overall in life. Like, yeah, we adapt them and, and, and we might modify them, but it's just where are we in terms of priority and what is it that we're not honoring more of? And really just kind of checking back in. How to do it is, is just look at a list of values and really, you know, which ones make you. And it's important to know this feeling. When there's sabotage or dissonance or even resonance happening, we have physical responses. So it, and it's a bit like flight or flight. When I'm scared or anxious or in chaos mode, there's a buzzing feeling, right? That, that starts in my ears and, and moves through my body and I start shaking a little bit, even if it's not visible to the world. And then when I'm in, in my resonance, there's this, it's a shaking, but it's more of a, a vibration, right? Mm -hmm. Versus a buzzing. And it's, it goes out versus kind of coming in. And so I look for those when I look at those words and see what sparks me, what activates me and what makes me almost pop out of my chair and go that. You just know. And there's no research or rhyme or reason. It's just tuning back into that intuition, which we're as women especially told not to trust from a very early age. And so right. going back and it's almost an exercise in reactivating your intuition. It absolutely is. It's so interesting that you say that because I, I notice for myself that when I am feeling stressed or anxious, the first sign for me is I'm taking shallow breaths. Yes. That's when I know I need to turn off my computer and go for a walk because I yes. get, I get moving and get out of my head and into my body. Yep. It's, it's something we we don't often talk about, so I'm really glad that you, you brought that up today. In a world where business often feels disconnected, a change is on the horizon. Introducing a groundbreaking anthology, Come to Life, on March 6, 2024. Heart-Centered Marketing brings together the wisdom of 20 inspiring women business leaders sharing their revolutionary strategies that blend business with authenticity. Here's what people are saying about heart-centered marketing. A treasure trove of practical insights that reshaped my marketing approach. Leaves no stone unturned when it comes to the ins and outs of marketing. What an amazing resource. Heart-centered marketing speaks to the giver, helper, and teacher in me. This book will help you discover new ways to attract and nurture your clients, grow your business, and stay true to your values. Heart-centered marketing, where your passion for business meets the power of authenticity. Available March 6th on Amazon. So one of the things that I know that you do in your business is you bring all of your brilliance into everything, but you're also a tremendous connector. And you have this amazing community called Lead Boss Mixer. So talk about how that came about and why you're so passionate about it. So that came about because my business started failing. <laughs> I, uh, I had mentioned in the episode one that I was a proponent to falling into kind of hustle culture and, and things like that um, and didn't want to, you know, go and, and fall, follow in that path kind of thing. 
Um, and so I had learned to scale and grow my business in this hustle modality. But on the other side of that was this burnout that I just was tired of paying. And so I had made a decision. I remember that year that I was going to be an ease. <laughs> well, apparently I turned ease into a goal, which basically undoes all the entire ease energy from it. And um, everything started turning to sand. People started saying no, that would have said yes in the past. Um, I couldn't, everything I launched, everything I put out there was just met with this constant brick wall kind of uh, experience essentially. And so it really took me back to go back to foundations and look at what what's going on. Where Again, what are my values? This is not in alignment with who I want to be or who I want to become. And so I had to go back and relook at how I was doing marketing and how I was teaching other people to do marketing. And I created this concept around firework experiences. And because I'm not a hypocrite, I was like, I need to make sure that I understand all of these strategies, either firsthand or through thorough research and understanding. And so this was my first fire foray into firework experiences. And I had gone to some of these networking exp experiences before in the past. And I always had the thought of, this is super pitchy. I don't like it this way. This is what I would do different. And then I was like, actually, I could do it differently. And so I started looking at what would make it enjoyable for me. How do I strategically put effort into doing this so that it also creates not just a good experience for me in terms of lead generation, but how do I build a community where other people are having a good experience in themselves? So it's not just self-serving, but it's really from this value-based system of service-first approach. And so that's how I created the experience. And because it was so different than what everybody had been experiencing online, it started growing like wildfire. So people started sharing it. Then I was like, oh my God, like this is taking this concept to a whole new level and where people were actually doing my lead generation for me for free, happily and lovingly and consistently. And so I just basically harnessed that power, kind of putting like, you know, little lighting bugs in a jar um, without the murder aspect of it, but <laughs> it kind of glowed on its own and carried itself. And it just created this amazing energetic dynamic that was something I never thought was possible. And it was really a way of giving and receiving in a way that was beneficial to everybody. And so kind of like defying the laws of physics where we were in creating energy and not destroying it. That is such a collaborative approach and so in alignment with your values. And I, I bet that that's why it has and continues to be so successful for those who are participants and again from that service base and and you said pitchy i mean those pitch fests are just the worst aren't they um, oh it's i call it a pitchy pete right and i call it ptcd post traumatic connection disorder we know exactly what's going to happen when we accept that connection request from sorry real estate agents financial planners things like that and so what's amazing is is that we have all the information we need to be successful if we just turn the information on its side and use it for good instead of evil. <laughs> right. And we say, okay, cool. We know that people are, are, their reaction is no. So what if we put something in front of them that they already want? Then their reaction is going to be yes. And, and so that's our coming from a Yeah. It's coming from a place of service. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. 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 So Kat, how can people find you? Well, LinkedIn's always fantastic. Um, I do have, if people are interested in attending the Lead Boss Mixer, it's for speakers and podcasters, whether you have a podcast or are looking for expert guests or all of the above. 
basically you're using visibility in your business as a strategy to generate more leads, then come join your community of people who are not pitchy, but who aren't afraid to sell and looking to scale and grow their businesses and support each other. And you can find that at leadbossmixer.com. Wonderful. We, we will definitely have all of those in the show notes for you, for our listeners. So um, a cat, as always, a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I have one last question for you. Can you name a book that you feel like everybody should read at least once in their lifetime and why that book is so important? So I'm going to go for an oldie um, and um, just because it talks a little bit about a lot of things that we talked about today, which, and you're going to smile when you hear me say this, a, ha- a happy pocket full of money. Um, it's, you know, there, there's some, and again, it's, it's not for everybody and you can agree and disagree with the things in there, but at the end of the day, it's really about that value-based approach to generating success in your life with that value alignment in that receiving modality and kind of rewriting our relationship with how difficult or even how easy things can be sometimes and really coming back to a place of choice. And understanding that we all can choose, we can choose differently, we can reinforce the choice, um, and we can always do different things every single day. I absolutely love this suggestion. And you're absolutely right. We all have choices. And sometimes we don't recognize that by not making a choice, we've actually made a choice. So thank you for highlighting that. And we will make sure to have that book also in the show notes. So thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Story Tell Her, where we're elevating women's voices one story at a time. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the show, leave us a rating and review, and share us with your friends. To learn more about how I can help you overcome your fears and tell your story, please visit my website at deborahkeven.com.